the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Emmanuel, God is with us. You know, we would really panic if we thought gravity was about to quit, wouldn't we? We'd be walking around, grabbing hold of everything around us, trying to keep our feet on the ground because we never knew at what moment gravity might leave. And then we'd be sucked off into the blackness of space without oxygen, without hope. But we already know that gravity is a fact, and so we discounted it to the point that it rarely enters our head. Emmanuel, God is with you. He is not just with you. He is holding you together. He is the very animation of your being. He is the truth of your existence. He is your eternal life. He doesn't just plan for you to have eternal life. He is your eternal life. I want to remind you of what we got when we received Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ was given to us as a babe. I've talked about this verse before, and I think it's appropriate to talk about it again. Turn with me to Isaiah 9, verse 6. Isaiah 9, verse 6, and as I said, I've talked about it before. But in this verse... Isaiah is speaking about what will be and what we know as what has happened. And he tells us who he is, but more importantly, he tells us who he is to us. So it doesn't mean a lot if the guy across the street won the lottery, but if your son, your daughter, your best friend wins the lottery, that's pretty exciting, huh? Well... He's telling us who God is to us, who Jesus is to us, not to the guy next door, not to the people across the street, not to the son or daughter, but to us, the children of God. Stand with me as we read this verse. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. The prophet Isaiah, 
who's writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, brings a word of hope and promise in a very dark time in Israel's history. Isaiah brought this word from the Lord during the time when the wicked king Ahaz ruled over Israel. And King Ahaz had introduced the worship of a god called Moloch. And Moloch was the savage god of the Amorites. King Ahaz erected a statue of Moloch in the valley of Hinnom and put a furnace at the feet of it. And that is where the children of the Israelites were thrown in sacrifice to this horrible god. Superstition and idolatry were everywhere. Gold and silver statues were worshipped in the homes of the children of Israel. And King Ahaz shut the temple doors and it was left to decay. Now in this great darkness, and by the way, I noticed it's very interesting. I, I get this person that, or this group that comes across my feed because I, I like all things old, antiquitous. And they, they go out and they take pictures of these old homes and whatnot, and they're all disheveled. Some of them have just been abandoned and people have walked out of them, left everything there. But the roof is caving in, mildew is on the walls, all manner of rot and decay is about them. And you know the main thing, the main issue there is not that because they've left it to decay, it's because they left it. They left it. And God has this natural principle. What you leave behind will decay. It will rot. Ahaz shut the temple doors and it was left to decay. And in this great darkness, God promises light for all who wish to see. You know, as I read this, it always brings to mind the parallels that we have in America you know, we live in a time of ever-increasing darkness. Well, don't get dismayed about that. I know a lot of positive things have also happened, but darkness will increase. I'm afraid that's the prediction here. It's going to increase. Darkness will increase, and it seems that many of the children of God in this day and age have become more accustomed to the darkness than the light. Christians embrace the idols of this world and often encourage their own children to do the same or passively allow those idols places of worship in their homes through television, internet, or radio. And many Christians have forsaken true corporate worship for more pleasing personal pursuits or entertainment. And the practice of family worship is for many families being left to decay. It doesn't happen. You know, I counsel people. Families are in trouble. Marriages are falling apart. That's because they've left the one who holds it all together. The one who gives purpose to families. Purpose to marriage. Purpose to a love relationship. The one who makes all of those things purposeful. They've left behind. They found them empty. They've abandoned them to their distractions. And I know that the Spirit of God is grieved. And the end result of that is that families fall apart. The children lose interest in God altogether. They have no idea. They have no idea the truth of our God. Because it was never demonstrated for them. 
Now, that doesn't mean God won't rescue them, won't redeem them at some point. But what is going on in the minds of Christian parents when they allow that to happen to their own children? When they allow the embers to grow coal in their own heart and then they literally never blow upon the ones God places in the hearts of their children. What a sad commentary. It is for this time that we, like the children of Israel, need a Savior. Isaiah says, for unto us. And Isaiah was writing to the people of God. For this word is for every man, woman, and child that would choose Christ's salvation. God sent his son unto us. It is for us. The giver of life came. He came to be our savior, our redeemer, our very life. And we're all familiar with this verse, but it doesn't hurt for us to rehearse it. Because it gives us the very heart of God. John three sixteen and 17. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have everlasting, eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world in order to judge or to reject or to condemn or to pass sentence on. God did not send Jesus for that this time. Many Christians have walked away from the faith because they've allowed the enemy to convince them that this is the very purpose of God's Spirit in their life. To point to their failings. To point to all of the things that they didn't do that they should have done. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. They walk away from intimacy with God because they're going to hear the accusing voice. And they interpret that as the Spirit of God. That is not the Spirit of God. God didn't send Jesus into the world for that purpose. And he did not send Jesus into you for that purpose. But that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. This child was born for the salvation of man, born in the flesh, an infant, unable to care or protect itself. As a child, the enemies of God and the wickedness of man sought to destroy him, but the babe was protected. He was not protected by the government. His parents were too weak to protect him. All the powers of hell were waging war against him. Government was coming against him. Everything that could possibly be wielded by the enemies of God came against him. But they could not touch him. Why? Why is that? He's just a baby. He's a little vulnerable child. But he rested safely in the hands of his father. You know where you are? In those hands. You say, but look what I'm experiencing in my circumstances. Look what people have done to me. Look at how my life has gone. Look at how my body has acted. Look at all of these things. You can't tell me I'm protected. Will you carry those things into eternity? Is your life just for this world? Do you believe that you have lived as long as you have? Because God is just passively been fending off several things like flies? 
Or do you believe that God has a plan for your life and he has guarded and guided you every step of the way? And where you are, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter how you apprise them to be, no matter how you see yourself, God is not moved by how you see what you're in. You need to understand as he so clearly has shown us in his word, that you are protected, that you are kept, that you are loved, that you are never forsaken, that his strength holds you. And where you are, hear me, where you are is where God has allowed you to be. Isaiah declares the truth of this child. He would never be a victim of man. Now, Jesus wasn't a victim. He gave his life. And you know what? You can't be a victim either if you're a child of God. You are lying to yourself when you enter into self-pity, when you enter into all this sense that you are a victim. That is a lie from the pit of hell. None of God's children are victims. Oh, yes, we suffer tragic things in this life. But victimology is something that will literally change who you are. And nothing in this life can do that. Victimology is something that would extract life from you. And nothing in this life can do that. Victimology is something that says you can't when God says you can. And nothing in this life is big enough for that. He would never be a victim. The prophet continues, a son is given. He is God's gift to man, given, not just on loan for a time, but given. He gave his life that he might be life to us. Do you understand that? We think a lot of people, Christians in particular, hold on to the idea that he came so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Well, listen, that is the front porch of the house you live in. It is not the whole. He came that you might have life and that you might have it to the full in abundance. He gave his life so that he could give you his life. (laughs) You carry that gift for you are alive in Christ. Isaiah 7.14, we just sang about this. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the young woman who is unmarried, a virgin, shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Who selected that? Emmanuel. You see, this is God giving a gift, and God says, this is your gift, Emmanuel. What I'm giving you is God with us. What I am placing in your hands is literally God with us. God, creator God. But more than that, redeemer God. Salvation. Not just for you, but with you. Born to be God with us, within us, ever present, never to leave or to be separate from his own. This is his name, not just his action. He was born in flesh to create through his sacrifice a new life for us. Eternal life means to be eternally 
animated by his life, in his presence. We have this now. He is our Emmanuel. We are his children. We will never be separated from God. The true definition of death in God's eyes is separation from God. And we need never to fear death, child of God. Never. For we as his children will never be separated from God. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39, Paul writes, For I am persuaded, beyond doubt, am sure, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things impending and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What lie have you believed? What do you believe has separated you? Not just from a passive love, not just from a congenial love, but from an intimate love that holds you together. A love that keeps you absolutely, intimately in union with himself. Well, I feel like he's kind of put me on hold or set me aside. I kind of feel like I keep failing him so... You know, maybe he's just not interested in doing anything in my life. Lies. Lies. He declares it. This is the Spirit of God. Nothing will separate me. Oh, you didn't know what I was going to do when you wrote that, God. Oh, no. Nothing will separate us from his love. You didn't know how I was going to act. Oh, no. Living in the fear of death is the result of having the wrong definition of life. If we Christians are ever going to be bright lights in this dark world, we should choose to live life to the fullest in Christ. Not in fear, but in holy confidence, enjoying the fellowship and intimacy we have through our union with Christ. Do you understand what he gave us is an abundant life that should be enjoyed to the full? In fact, that is the Greek translation of what he's telling us to do. And to enjoy that life to the full doesn't mean... That we're blind to all that's going on doesn't mean that we're not going to suffer. Doesn't mean that people aren't going to be against us. Doesn't mean that we're not going to be wronged, that we're not going to be abused, that we're not going to be cheated. It doesn't mean any of these things. What it means is this, that no matter what I endure, the greatest joy of my life is my union with Christ and the fullness of that relationship. And nothing can separate me from it, no matter what I endure. And Paul could lift his hands in prison. And Paul could declare that it doesn't matter what he goes through. His reward is Jesus. And it's not because he wasn't hurting. It's not because he didn't feel pain. It's because he had lost all appetite for making anything of his life in this world. And you have to get to that point, don't you? You have to be willing to say, none of it is worth what my relationship with Christ is worth. Yes, I will have marriage, but I'll have Jesus in marriage. I will know Jesus in marriage. I will learn to love Jesus in marriage. Yes, I will have children, but I'll know Jesus in children. And I'll pursue Jesus in children. And I'll raise them to love him too. Yes, I'll have a career. Yes, I'll have a job. But those things are nothing more than dressing. 
Because the goal of my life, the consummation of all that I was created for, is living in that love, living in that fullness. And now I'm going to go forward in the confidence of a God that would never separate himself from me. I'm going to go forward in the assurance of a God that would never reject me. I'm going to go forward knowing that it doesn't matter how many times I fail, how many times I fall, how many times I make mistakes. It doesn't matter because my God will never ever leave me nor forsake me. But the joy of falling is knowing his grace, is knowing his healing, is getting back up and running headlong towards the goal. It's embracing him. That's what we're made for. If we walk around with our heads down, with our allowing our souls to be vexed with all the things of this world and overwrought with all the things in our lives, haven't we rejected the truth of what we believe? Have we not pushed away from faith? Have we not become as a man without a God? You cannot hold to him in peace. You will not hold to him in suffering. Isaiah further declares that the government shall be on his shoulders. Now, in this, Isaiah is referencing the millennium. But what a promise. Remember what the nation of Israel was experiencing when Isaiah wrote this? It was a really dark time when the nation was ruled by a wicked king. What a promise to give that man, man would no longer shoulder the government. You know why? This says as much, man will never get government right. Have we not learned that? And for man, it will always be a burden too big for man to bear. The day will come when government will rest solely on his shoulders. The only shoulder strong enough to lift government above the weakness of man's flesh and make it righteous. God saved his children from the rule of flesh. And one day this world will be delivered. He saved us from the rule of flesh. He saved you from the rule of your flesh. And he saved you from the rule of other men's flesh. If you are chained, if you are victimized, it's because you have yielded yourself as a bondservant to an ugly, nasty master when you belong to somebody else. Let's look at the names ascribed to this child. And remember, in the Bible, names are given not just as a tag. They're literally declaring what this person's character is about, what they do, who they are. So Isaiah declares this. He says, his name shall be Wonderful Counselor. You remember, this is God speaking. And God has declared it through the pen of Isaiah. Now, who do you think will call him Wonderful Counselor? We will. We will. We will. Right now, our lives are affirming this prophecy. We are participating in the wisdom of God because he is our life and his life is our counsel. God is declaring that you shall know your God as wonderful counselor. Did you know you're not the architect of your spiritual life? Have you figured that one out? You are being led You have a shepherd. You have his counsel. That's the spirit of God. That's his life within you. It says all things work together for good. What was he leaving out of that? 
even your missteps are included in that. Because God, in some strange way, knows what you're going to do long before you ever were born. So he has shaped the whole of your life so that it fits in with his plan for you. So wonderful counselor means more than God occasionally stepping in and going, hey, you know, you should have turned left there. That's, that's not it. Wonderful counselor is the very inertia of your being. It is life within you. It is the inclination of your heart. It is the rightness of your soul and mind. It is the truth of your being. You want wisdom from God? How many of us have prayed for wisdom from God? Well, you received it when you received Jesus. And you know what? Wisdom is not about you hearing and doing. Wisdom is about you living in truth. Because I tell you, I wouldn't want to make the next step if I thought I'd better hear God first. And a lot of people teach that. And how many of us have lived under that burden? Boy, God, you got to speak to me. I have no idea what I'm going to do. God, you got to tell me what to do. Do I buy peaches or do I buy prunes? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you where I turn when I get out of the house. Then, you know, yeah, that's a lot of insecurity. Well, how much do you have? The wisdom of God is literally the working of his life within you. It is the wisdom of God that has made a plan for your life that directs every choice. You say, well, I don't seem to know. You should see her some of all the bonehead things I've done. But you know, God used it. He did. Because in eternity, God looked down and said, look at that bonehead. I'm going to take that and I'm going to turn it this way. And out of that, he's going to have the revelation of Christ. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.